Welcome to another episode of The Education Game. This is Matt Barnes, and we are doing something a little different today. We are going deep into a relationship with a parent, uh, a parent who I met uh, last weekend on a webinar call. She was extraordinarily interested and engaged, as a lot of families are, but we decided, Dr. Scott and I, that uh, maybe it made sense to demonstrate some of what we've been preaching uh, by actually having someone on uh, on an ongoing you know interview process where we're talking through strategies and then you know asking or encouraging mom in this case to uh, to try some things and then she can report back and say hey this worked great this didn't work at all this might work what should I do and we'll kind of make that available to others so I have a brave soul uh, Dree who is uh, who's been who's, who said she's willing to play this role welcome Dree. Thank you. And Dree is uh, again. We we know each other for now what three days, I guess, uh, yes. uh, from the from the webinar webinar last Saturday. And so the when when Dr. Scott and I work with families, whether that is individually or with a large group or small group, always start with a bit of a vision casting. We believe that the first step in a child's education is the parent deciding and kind of defining what success looks like. And unfortunately, in our society, success has been colored and, and somewhat compromised. Uh, and so uh, that'll be the first thing we'll start with, with, with Dree. And again, Dree, you may remember we talked about some of this this last weekend on the webinar. But let me ask you the question that, to me, synthesizes this idea of what success might actually look like. Um, which would you prefer, your child to go and to get a degree from the best college in the world or your child has the most amazing career opportunity in front of him, or that your child is a person of extremely high character? Which of those three would you choose? Of those three that I would select would be to have a child with the utmost character. I think the reason that is most important to me is because if my child has good character, strong character, then those other things I think will fall into place where he'll he'll have that initiative if he wants to pursue other things further, a solid career, um, a degree, and so forth. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's exactly my point. And and most of the educational conversation we really hear about, at least in the United States, is all around college and career. And I'm trying to challenge that to make sure that everyone appreciates that character actually is is a higher driver for most families. In fact, I've not met a family yet who has not said that character was their number one driver. So you're 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 not alone there, Dre. Good. All right. <laughs> let's get a little bit so we'll come back to a little bit of the vision casting, but let me understand a little bit about your your situation. So tell me you've got a uh, a son, correct? Yes, I have a son who is 12 years old mm-hmm. and I have a daughter who is 15 years old. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh tell me about them. Are they they do they like learning? Do they like school? What what do you, what do you make of them? Uh, like you'll find in many households that have more than one child, they're polar oh opposites. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's God's humor, you know. Right, right. <laughs> right. So my 50-year-old, my daughter, she's in the 10th grade and she is very engaged in school, self-starter, mm-hmm. takes the initiative. I I rarely check anything that she does. I 
don't know what she's doing, actually, except she makes really good grades. Fantastic. Which I know is a problem now from your... <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Not necessarily. We'll oh, get to all that. right. All right. Yeah. So then my son, he is 12. He is more of the mm-hmm. challenge. He does not mm-hmm. enjoy school. I mm-hmm. have to stay on him about school. I have to check his work. I have to ensure that he's on his Zoom calls and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just from that description, Matt, you may think, oh, man, he's I'm sure he's not doing well in school and so forth. But he's actually uh, an honor roll student, mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. principals honor roll. So he he makes the good grades and he is very respectable in school. So his teachers tell me. Yeah, yeah. But but you have to stay on him in order to keep him on that honor roll and right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's uh and you mentioned he's twelve years old. What grade again? He is in the seventh grade. Seventh grade, gotcha. Okay. Um all right, let me ask a couple other questions. Uh tell me about your time flexibility. Uh you know, one of the key points around virtual learning and ed- learning generally is to the degree parents have flexibility, they can actually do enrichment. They can do other activities that can help their child along. Tell me about your fl- your time flexibility. Right. So, um, fortunately, with with what's happening now with the pandemic, I have the fortune to work from home, and okay. my kids are doing the e learning path versus the brick and mortar. Uh, mm-hmm. With that, I really thought that I would have more time. Um, <laughs> but however, the, the challenge that I'm finding right now with my son in particular is after he finishes school around three, four, um, mm-hmm. I like to give him a little bit of downtime so we don't get straight back on the computer. Yeah. And I get off of work at 5.30. So what I'm finding is um, when we do finally come together for me to say, all right, it's this time for homework, that's around, what, 6.30. And mm. then, of course, we have to stop to do dinner for about that half an hour time frame. Yeah. And then the insurmountable amount of homework oh, really? is mm. what I am finding to be the, the, the challenge right now. Mm. And uh, that is what concerns me at the moment and what I'm having a little bit of a challenge with. My daughter, mm. not so much as kind of expected as a high schooler that she's up late, uh, I mean, till yeah. Yeah. 11 yeah. p.m., but, you know. A twelve-year-old, I just, I yeah. wouldn't have yeah, expected okay. that. Right. Well, um, well, I'm just taking some notes here. It's like I'm, you know, I'm taking the intake of it when you go to the doctor's office, right? So, getting this information about you. Um, one more question, then we're going to need to take a break. Okay. Uh, let me ask about. Um, I don't know about your marital status, your relationships, but do, is is his dad and you are you guys on the same page in terms of learning? And does he have a relationship or connection with his dad? And if so. Are there is there alignment there? Right. So there is alignment. I am the one who normally takes lead as far as my son's educational success and advancement. And because he has been doing so well, he pretty much trusts that I will continue to. Great. So you're the head coach. Give me one second. We'll be back in a moment. This is the education game.
Okay, we are back with Dree, and Dree is uh, the guinea pig who's uh, offered to uh, work with us closely and uh, document, you know, the work that we're doing and the recommendations we have. Dree is not unlike lots of uh, families who are struggling a little bit with virtual learning, uh, and Anne has two kids who are at polar opposites. I think, again, this is God's way of of just, you know, showing us that he has humor. <laughs> and so I have the same, I have the same deal in our house as well. So, uh, Dree has a 15 year old daughter who's, um, in 10th grade and just killing it. Uh, I love that Dree mentioned that, that her daughter has self, she's a self starter and she's so, showing incredible initiative. That means she is a, an independent learner, which is one of the key success measures for kids in the future. And then secondly, she has a 12-year-old son in seventh grade. He's an honor roll student doing very well, a good young man, but he's good because she is staying on top of him big time, which I encourage you uh, to continue that and thank you for your leadership. Um, Dree is the head coach parent in uh, in the, her children's life, and, uh, I, and, and I make that distinction to, rec- to, to everyone to recognize that there's got to be one person, doesn't have to be a parent, but there's got to be one adult who's going to take responsibility for that educational direction of their child. And again, Dree has stepped into that role. Thank you. All right. So when we uh, broke last uh, before the break, um, you were mentioning about the amount of homework that your son was having. Tell me what that looks like. How much How much time are we talking about in the evenings? That does, is, is he involved with homework? Uh, it's about a two-hour time frame, sometimes more if it's a writing assignment. And I yeah. find that's where he has his biggest challenge. The the So two hours a night. Oh, yes. Okay. At, wow. Every at night. At minimum. At minimum. Gotcha. And so tell me, you, you mentioned that uh, you had to stay on him. How, how long has that homework uh, volume been, been there for him? How long as in when did it like, start? Yeah. A year ago at this time, would, would be, we having this? Yes. I would say that. Once he started middle school, so sixth gotcha. grade, and actually, Matt, that's a very good point because that was the same way with my daughter. I found that mm. the middle grade was when they started to see the amount of the homework, volume. The volume. Yep, yep, yep. Well, and and just you know, it, it makes some sense. You know, you go from an elementary model where there's you know usually usually one teacher or maybe two that are primary, and then you go to a middle school and you've got, you know, seven. And each one thinks that their small assignment, their small homework, 30 minutes is not a big deal. Uh, but it ad- does definitely add up. So, okay. All right. That's helpful. Uh, other con- concerns or questions that um, – and it sounds like our conversation is going to focus more on your on your boy than your daughter, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any, any questions or other things you'd like to bring up that – uh, you're concerned about or you're you're watching closely? Uh, another thing that I am watching closely, Matt, is mm-hmm. uh, just to ensure that my son is treated fairly um, mm-hmm. in his classrooms. And I specifically mm-hmm. mention that because there are often times when I've had to step in because because they were getting my son confused with another student or something hmm. like that and say my son performed a certain type of action like he didn't show up in Zoom or he didn't participate. And I'm like, 
hmm, that really doesn't sound like him. And hmm. this is like the third or fourth um, time I just had it happen today where they're getting him mixed up with another child. Hmm. It, Interesting. Right. I And so this is this is counting against him in terms of his attendance. Oh, is yes, that what's happening? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Attendance, assignments, and um he is one of the only African American students in mm-hmm. in his class. There may mm-hmm. be one or one or two more. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Just, so just a general fairness. Uh, is how is he dealing with that? Is it something that is that he's aware of, or that he is starting to uh, emote or describe I, as a problem? I, I don't think he's really. He's not picking oh, up. On no, it. I, I I don't okay. think he is. Um, okay. okay, right. I get the notices right. from from the teacher or something like that, so I then pursue gotcha. it a bit more and find out. Gotcha. Well, again, that is. Um, that's wise of you to pay that close attention because these sort of, these are the sorts of things that if not um, manage, managed, uh, they can become a real problem. Like the end of the semester and you realize that, you know, your child is getting dinged for things that you probably could have resolved if you were aware of them uh, or maybe not even an issue that he was actually responsible for. So that's interesting. Okay. So we've got um, his lack of initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, good student, sounds like a good young man. Tell me about his character generally. I mean, aside from the initiative, tell me about how how do you how do you see that? Uh, I think right now he has a strong character. There is room mm-hmm. for opportunity. In strong character, I would mean uh, he is very honest. Um, mm. I, I I can't even recall a time that he's actually. Um, said an untruth or 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 been untruthful with me. Mm. Uh, he is very caring to mm-hmm, caring mm-hmm. towards uh, his elders or other people. And then thirdly, I'd say he is very respectful. Uh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Very respectful yeah. of adults. Excellent. Well, you know that sort of thing does not happen by accident. Kids aren't born saying yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. That is something that is trained into them. And so, again, kudos to you um, and the other adults in his life to make sure that that's a part of it. Let me ask you, does he clean his room? Uh, oh, my gosh. Yes. He's e- oh. He is immaculate. Like Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Great, great, great. D- tell me about any chores that he has in the home. Oh, we're, I'm getting all in your business yes, here. But, yes, you are, Mr. Farns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a purpose for this. Right, There's a purpose. Right. I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, actually, I, I wish I had it right in front of me, but uh, we have a chore list. So his Excellent. chores are to keep his room clean. Mm-hmm. He has to take out the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. He has to load and unload the dishwasher. Fantastic. All right. You're, now, okay, for the parents that are listening, now I didn't know this about Dree. But it now makes sense. Um, she is setting up a structure to assure or to improve the chances of success for her kids. And I hope you're hearing this, right? So character is not something that happens accidentally. It is trained as intentionally as shooting a basketball or kicking a soccer ball uh, or hitting a tennis ball. It is a trained action. And so by having him have chores, 
by, I'm assuming there's a consequences if he doesn't do the chores right, Dream. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm sure that's the case. Uh, those are all ways that uh, that we start to model and to, and to train um, uh, um, character. So kudos to you, Dree. And for the other parents out there, if you do not have a chore list, let's take a, 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 a message from Dree here and start to build out responsibilities that a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 5-year-old could do and to make that a part of their daily activities that uh, that does lead to a, a child who recognizes their contribution to the, to the home and, uh, and a person of character as well. So, excellent. Great. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no. I do tell him this, though, both kids, that mm-hmm. uh, school is their job. So, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is their job. That's the number one priority, the number one thing that they must focus on. That's the most gotcha. important to me. School. Got it. So then that is where the frustration comes from you having to keep monitoring his performance on his job, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if that is his job, then how would you rate his job? If you were his boss, would you give him a promotion? Would you give uh, him a job, a raise? Give me a sense of like okay. on a scale of one to ten. On, how would you rate? On a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten, I would probably mm-hmm. rate him a five. Would okay. I give him yep. a promotion? We'd have to have a stern conversation before that promotion <laughs> took place. Right. You sound like you might be a manager yeah. uh, or yes. maybe manager in your former life. Well, frankly, every parent who who raises their child uh, with, you know, self-control and uh, and character, I'm like, they need to be promoted to, you know, executive at some some company because they've learned how to manage the hardest type of uh, employee. Right. All right. Now, the reason I ask for that number on how you evaluate that is over time, that's going to be something that we're going to continue to come back with come back to and ask about, okay. right? So that is a baseline number that right now the question was, how would you rate your child's performance on his job as a student? And you put it at a five. So over time, we're going to try to move this number, move that needle and have it go further and further towards eight, nine, uh, or a 10. And it sounds like your daughter, you'd probably put her at nine or a 10, it sounds like, yes? Right. I, I think I would put yeah. her more yeah. at an eight or nine. You are correct. Great. Okay. We're coming up on another break. uh, And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about vision and how, you know, now we've identified this problem area of your son's employment uh, at his job of school. And how do we then start to focus on moving the needle on an area of, of importance to us? We'll be back in a moment. This is Matt with the education game. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is the education game, and we're interviewing Dree, who is the uh, the volunteer guinea pig to uh, open her life up and her family up a little bit to uh, our intrusion to learn how she's doing her work and to learn from it. And maybe there's some coaching uh, that I could give as well. Um, and again, for those listening, I am no expert. Dree is the expert on her kids. All I know is that I've had a, I've had thousands of conversations with families over the years, and I've learned some pieces. Some things work for certain situations, other things for other situations. All I'm doing is asking probing questions and offering some ideas for Dree and for you who are listening as well. When we closed a moment ago, we had Dree describing her son 
that school is his job and that she would rate him around a five on a scale of one to 10. So what would a 10 look like, Dree? Now we're now getting back into the visioning. What would a 10 look like for your son? A 10 would look like um, him taking the initiative to complete his homework and then show me that he's completed his homework. Uh, A 10 would look like uh, high grades um, Mm -hmm. in school. And I think another thing that I would say a 10 looks like is him being more organized in Mm -hmm. his approach to school. And what I mean by that is just having outline, like what course does he need to prioritize to do his homework at night and so forth. Yeah. When's the the next test have it written down so it doesn't sneak up on him, things like that. That that term is executive functioning skills, right? Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. So if that's the 10 – of those four areas you talked about, initiative to complete homework, show he, that he's showing you completion of homework, that his grades remain high, uh, and that he's more organized, which would you say is the one that you'd want to focus on first? Uh, getting organized. Yeah, right. So there. You, so as we drill down into certain areas or certain, certain problem areas, and again, you probably know this all, all too well, there are certain keystone habits that if corrected – they lead into all these other benefits. And so an organized child is a child who never is surprised uh, related to homework or tests. Um, but, but, but helping a child become organized is a skill in of itself. And here's a place where I now will, will turn and be a little bit critical about our educational system, which is that it rarely teaches skills that are really the life skills uh, that are most essential for a high-functioning adult. Like, again, a, a child or an adult who is very good at reading or math, who has terrible organization skills, is, a, is, a, is an adult who's going to struggle versus a child or an adult who has high uh, organization skills. He may not be the best at reading or math, but he's going to figure out or she's going to figure out how to be relatively successful because the organization is in place. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, does he have a um, calendar or any sort of like uh, tools that he uses for organization? Well, I recently bought him like a little small whiteboard um, Mm -hmm. to keep up with like what are his homework assignments? What tests yeah. does he have upcoming? Excellent. Something like that. So for for the listeners, uh, she just we're on a Zoom call, and so Dree just lifted up a whiteboard. It's got categories. Uh, it's got I guess uh, are these your children's names? Uh, their their initials, right? And okay, like, right. Initials, and, and this then is different. their chore whiteboard. But uh-huh, he has uh-huh. a whiteboard like this for his school. And who completes that? Who fills that out? He is supposed to, Matt. Yes, yes. And and you, you will end up doing it with him or doing it for him? Which is it? Uh, I pretty much have to do it for him. We- yeah. Well, don't – and don't – you know, I'm hearing your, your hesitation. This is a – this is so common that when there is a gap, uh, a, a really thoughtful parent has to make a choice. Yeah. Do I let my child fail and possibly, you know – damages, self-image, whatever, or do I go ahead and step in? And and stepping in 
makes a lot of sense in in most cases and frankly so I don't I don't I don't criticize this at all but I want to just I want to just make it clear though that that we're going to need to figure out a way to transition that and that can be a process um one as and as just as an aside one of the graphics that I showed last Saturday that I will try to describe visually or verbally to the listeners now is usually when we're trying to train our child to do anything Again, shoot a basketball, hit a tennis ball, a golf ball. Our parental, parental expectations are usually outside the bounds of reasonableness. And so for me, it was my son. It was actually a very similar conversation dream. My son uh, around age 12 was really struggling with organizational skills. And I was like, by next week, I expect this to be organized, right? I was driving him. And every time I would drive him, his he would get discouraged because he he wasn't able to make the the uh, process happen as quickly as I would have liked, um, and it set us back, you know, months, maybe years, uh, because I was just trying to drive him faster than what was reasonable, and I wasn't really coaching him into success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I fault I fault myself on that, and I you know I want to caution other families out there. We got to be really patient as we're coaching our kids along, particularly as it relates to executive functioning skills, which some argue don't mature in young people until their late twenties, or I'm sorry, late or te- late teens, early twenties. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure if I buy that, but regardless, we still need a young man who can can start to develop that. So some of what we'll talk about on the organizational side, you have this notepad. Um, is there a single class that you might feel comfortable giving him responsibility to write on that board? Is that something that you guys could do together in the same room? Yes, we yeah, most certainly yeah. could. And so, um, again, if I were talking to myself, you know, five years ago, I would have given similar advice of, all right, let's slow it down. Let's pick one class and maybe even the class that he likes the most mm-hmm. or is the most successful in, right? That's going to be the easiest one for him to probably move in this direction on. Um, and then our aim would be over the next two months, maybe we shift into three classes, right? That he's doing and you're doing the other you know, three or four classes, depending on how many classes he's taking. But here's the other part. And this is really important. At the age of 12, he's mature enough. He is old enough to understand what you might be getting after here. And have you all talked about some of this already about his organizational skills? Yes, we have. And I just said, you just have to get a little bit more organized to know what needs to happen as far as your classes and the homework. So I've articulated it verbally and it led me to kind of the whiteboard type of thing like, uh, Uh we're going to have to write this down. But it may not be crystallized in his mind that this uh, this is something you're trying to train him into yet. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I look to myself. I've so many times that I have expected things that I didn't articulate clearly enough for my son or daughter to or daughters to uh, to really hear. And so, um, so here may be a time where we one of the other principles of our work is that we're trying to turn over more and more authority to a child, just like with your uh, with your older uh, child. That by the time he your son is fifteen. He's operating at the same level as your daughter is. That is the ideal, right? We'll get, and I think we can get there. And so, but part of that really becomes a negotiation with your, maybe a dialogue with your son about, son, here are some blind spots that I'm seeing, and here's why they matter, and how can we work on this together? 
then you might recommend, well, what if you take responsibility for one class and I do the rest, right? And we'll do that for a while and see if you can if you can handle that. I think you can, right? And that's, that's a, a bit of what I'm talking about in terms of negotiation. You're not telling him he doesn't have to do it. You're giving him an option of how to do it with your help. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, again, the other part about this is really important is if he gets this right, you've already identified of all the challenges and things that he's struggling with, if he gets this right, he's going to do better in those other areas, Mm -hmm. right? So, therefore, this now really jumps to the top of the priority list in terms of coaching uh, with your son. And I'll tell you, there are a ton of online resources around organization. Yeah, so this really jumps up on the priority list for for training of your boy. How do you think that he would handle that kind of negotiation conversation? Oh, I think he would handle it well. Yeah. W- one thing that, uh, again, Dr. Scott and I have seen repeatedly is most kids want to do more. They struggle with believing they can sometimes, and they also struggle with the practical pieces. So, Online, I'm going to encourage you to go to uh, go to YouTube and then mm-hmm. click in Thomas Frank, uh, and he's a, a guru on organization and effect, uh, efficiency, and he's also a younger guy who you know articulate and and funny, um, and there's probably some good content there that could help coach your son into that uh, that learning space. Uh, that he might hear it a little bit differently from Thomas than he might hear it from you. Saying the exact same words, right. <laughs> he'll hear it from Thomas a little bit more directly, potentially. Okay. Right? All right, let me take another quick break, and then we'll come back in a moment. This is Matt with The Education Game. Okay, this is Matt with The Education Game. We're back with Dree, and we're just starting to close up a kind of our first interaction around a coaching relationship related to her kids, particularly her son, who is a really good young man, thanks in large measure to her leadership. Again, every parent hear me on that. It is not an accident that kids turn out well. It's because parents are really on top of things like uh, like this mother is here. Um, but but having said that, he's 12 and, and he's got blind spots. And some of the blind spots that we've identified are really around his organization um, and his uh, uh, his executive functioning skills. And so, Dree, what we're doing right now is we are creating a learning plan, not as much for the child, but actually for you. Right. So now you know that there's a baseline of if you were to rate his performance on his job of going to school, you put it at a five. Right. So now um, we would put your responsibility to try to move that up to a six or seven through a couple different strategies, one of which we just talked through. We'd also want to be super. I want to reiterate this. We do not want to assume that your boy can make these changes quickly. So let's. Let's really be careful about, like, again, I'm speaking more to me than maybe to you. You sound like you're a much more thoughtful and rational person than I am. But we want to be, we want to be careful about making sure that his expectations are clear and that we slowly build that, that skill set into him over a period of time. Um, and again, Thomas Frank is one way I think that, uh, uh, you know, he might be able to, uh, to relate to in a, in a way that could be of use. So when we talk about a learning plan, we're talking about identifying areas of strength and weaknesses in your kids 
and then beginning to actually create a written document. Now, if we were working, you know, not with recording it like this, we would actually put some numbers and some data on paper. I'm keeping tracks of, track of some of it right now so we can refer back to it. But we would we would put a plan together on paper. This is exactly also how we would work with your child if there was an area who or where he was struggling in, say, math or reading or or science. There would be a learning plan that the parents would actually develop in terms of learning outside of school, in terms of um, maybe interacting with uh, the school in a different way. Um, and those learning plans allow the child and the parent to then begin to drive learning in the direction they want rather than simply wait on the school to get it done for them. I'm not, I know that that's not who you are, but a lot of families do wait for the school to lead. So how is this make, is this making some sense and what are your reactions to it? Yes, it, it definitely does make sense. And I like this approach because it sounds like we're doing it in small chunks mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the expectation is not for him to necessarily progress exponentially mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right, at the level that I would expect. But And I need to be cognizant of that as well, that I need to be a little bit more patient yeah, yeah. in where his development uh, progresses. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. There's a number of families we've worked with who had kids who were really struggling in reading. I mean, two, three levels behind in reading. And, uh, you know, their grades reflected some of that. But we set up learning plans that were two years long, and we would kind of keep track of them on a weekly or monthly basis to keep the pressure on over a long period of time. And so after, usually it didn't take two years, but after usually about a year, they had fantastic improvement in their reading areas, and then it became self-reinforcing. So my suspicion is that as your son starts to see some progress He's going to actually start to feel more confident about taking on more responsibilities. You're going to be more confident about doing that as well. So that's part of the self-reinforcing nature of some of this. Last thing we'll, we'll cover briefly, and we mainly want to bring this up at the next, the next time we have a conversation, is around your school and homework. This is an area of real sensitivity to me. My middle daughter went to a high school that was a coveted high school here in Houston, um, had, was a straight-A student for that entire year. But in order to do that, she went to school all day long, and then she came home and she did homework for two to three hours a night. That means she couldn't swim anymore. She's a very competitive swimmer. She couldn't do some of the other art areas that she was interested in. She was going to the high school for health, uh, I'm sorry, high school for visual and performing arts here in Houston. She couldn't do any of the things that she really loved except one thing, which, is, which was her art area uh, at school. Now, there is no reason that more should be better in, the, in terms of academics, but yet many schools say, okay, if you know, six hours of, of, of academics is good, then seven must be better, and eight must somehow be better than that. It is simply not true, and maybe in our next conversation, we'll talk about how you and he might begin to push back against those expectations. Now, in particular, because you are now, he's learning in your home um, and you have more authority as a result of that. Uh, do you want to get into some of it? We've got probably two minutes. Do you want to get into some of it now and then we'll... Sure, yeah. sure, um, sure. Have you ever, have you, ha have you had a conversation with any of the, of the teachers about the homework? 
Uh, yes, uh, just one teacher still early in the school yeah, year. Yeah. So what just ab- one. What about other parents? Oh, ho, ho, yes. You've had yes, conversations? Yes, I have. And what is that yes. shaping up? I mean, are they up, as upset as you are? or? Oh, yes. Okay. We're all feeling that pressure of particularly the middle school years yeah, once yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, our middle schoolers staying up until 11 p.m. Yeah. completing homework. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that when I talk about negotiation with the child, I'm also talking about negotiating with the school. And the more people who are involved in that negotiation, the better. Although, be aware that many schools do not want to get uh, approached by a group of parents who are asking for anything. Many schools operate as if they are the head coach, when in fact it is you who are the head coach of your child. And, uh, and so changing that dynamic is sometimes tricky. But... I might encourage you to open, reopen that conversation because what I'm here, I'm hearing right here is you've got a, a really well developed young man, um, but this 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 hyper focus on homework will drive a child nuts over time. It it mm-hmm. it 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 warps them into thinking that all that matters is the next grade, and of course school is important, but there's so much more to character than the next grade. Mm-hmm. Is he serving anyone? Is he, you know, being entrepreneurial and building something? Uh, is he experimenting or exploring? These are elements of learning that get crowded out when a child is doing homework all the time. So let's do this. Let's ca- let's let's talk about that first thing uh, next time we sit down and have another conversation because that is that is one that if it doesn't get re- get resolved, it has some long term consequences that I would want to alert you to. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you for for the conversation today. Thanks for for volunteering to be a part of this. And um, I'm hoping that this is helpful to you and to others. It was. Thank you very much. I look forward to the continued relationship to get him to educational success. Amen to that. All right. Good deal. Dree was the guinea pig, but I'm hoping that she set the tempo for other families that might be listening. A couple things here to review. It's hugely important. Really appreciate her doing this. Um, first off, every kid is different. You can have in the same household kids that are at every spectrum, right? Uh, and she had it. I have it. Uh, she had a older daughter who's doing really well and, and incredibly disciplined and motivated, self-driven, and a son who she needed to coach along. But as a part of that, the parenting style, the coaching style shifts based on the child in front of you. And so she's uh, making some of those adjustments. Um, she is really clear. I hope you guys really heard the importance of this idea of chores. Chores are not just something that you keep, that you use to keep your child busy. Chores are teaching them a a level of responsibility and frankly, it's straight up character. So chores are not something that's a nice to have. It is an essential element. And I'm reminded about kids who grew up on a farm and, you know, every day at five o'clock, they got to get up and milk the cow and, and, clean the uh, clean the stalls. That is uh, what we're talking about here with chores. It forces the child to learn discipline and discipline is in short supply, unfortunately, in our country right now. Lastly, I pressed Dree to define in numbers how her child is doing in her son is doing in his school, right? And so if you recall, I asked her to say on a scale of one to 10, how is your child 
um, performing. And she said she rated him as a five. So that's the number we're going to watch. We're going to try to build that number up. And thanks again for Dree for being here to uh, be a guinea pig for us during this work. And that's a wrap for us this week. I want to personally thank all of you for taking the time to listen to the show today. Uh, As a reminder, The Education Game is brought to you by Community Health Choice, a health insurance company that cares more than just the physical health of your children, but also about their academic health. Uh, Our show is also produced by Pottery Studios. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and learn more about the show at theeducationgame.com. There you can also sign up for one of our many webinars and even schedule an opportunity for a call-in one-on-one with myself or Dr. Scott. Again, theeducationgame.com. And our guest this week was Dree, a parent who cares about her kids just like you do. Our producer for the show is Bo York, and I've been your host, Matt Barnes. I look forward to speaking with you again very soon right here on The Education Game. Take care. Thank you.